listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDT. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm glad you're with us. There's an event happening today at Wayne State University devoted to taking a look at the 2020 election through the lens of foreign policy and national security. Wayne State and the Council on Foreign Relations are co-hosting the Election 2020 U.S. Foreign Policy Forum, and one of the people who will be on the panel of speakers is Richard Haas. He is president of the Council on Foreign Relations. He's also a former special assistant to President George H.W. Bush and author of the forthcoming book, The World, A Brief Introduction. Haas spoke with WDET's Jake Neer. Richard Haas, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me. So uh, talk a little bit about this uh, forum tonight at Wayne State University. It's called Election 2020 U.S. Foreign Policy Forum. It's co-hosted by Wayne State University and the Council on Foreign Relations. Uh, One of the subjects you're going to be talking about is how business, labor, and government uh, can collaborate to reduce poverty uh, on regional and global bases. I'm curious, uh, what exactly uh, is sort of the the premise there? Well, the premise of the forum is simply that we're electing uh, someone who's going to inherit uh, a daunting inbox. He's going, he or she is going to be the commander in chief. Essentially, foreign policy matters, and we want to make sure that foreign policy issues, international issues, get the attention they they should. But the premise of your more specific uh, question can go lots of ways, but one of them is obviously we need a, a workforce that is skilled for the 21st century. A lot of people blame trade for the loss of specific jobs, but uh, there's all sorts of studies showing that over the last decade or 15 years, probably 80 to 90 percent of jobs that have disappeared are not the result of unfair trading practices, but rather are because of productivity improvements, because of new technologies that have displaced jobs. The good news, though, is a lot of these new technologies are also creating jobs, and the challenge for the public sector, the challenge for the private sector is to work together. Uh, so that workers have the skills they need to take advantage of the new jobs. And that goes right into the next part of this discussion, which is about the uh, uh, U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement, uh, USMCA. A lot of people call it NAFTA 2.0. I call it NAFTA because, in a lot of ways, not much has changed except for some key provisions. Uh, One of those, uh, kind of getting to your last point there about uh, labor in especially places like Mexico, I'm curious how you think this trade agreement, USMCA, will affect um, poverty, not just in the United States, but throughout North America. Well, it turns out that trade is one of the great development tools in history. And in some ways, it's more effective even than than foreign aid, because trade is not in any way vulnerable to to corruption. It's much more efficient. It makes countries and companies more more competitive. It it raises living standards. Uh, And and by the way, this is true at both ends of trade, both because of imports as well as uh, as exports. So the extent that Mexico, for example, becomes a a more competitive developed country, it obviously alleviates uh, poverty. Protections of workers so they are paid decent wages also helps lift people out of uh, poverty. So uh, I, I find it frustrating that so often trade is on the defensive and it's seen as somehow the, the enemy of uh, or the, the opposite of, uh, of individual or collective improvement. And, but, but trade can, I think, has been shown to be tightly linked to, uh, to improve living standards. We just have to build into these agreements protections for workers, protections for the environment. And I think that's that's eminently doable. 
Uh, we're actually going to talk quite a bit about USMCA with uh, two members of Michigan's congressional delegation tomorrow, uh, one that supported it and one that's been very critical of this uh, agreement. Uh, I'm curious, uh, getting to your point about um, the labor standards and uh, and protections for workers, there's some disagreement about USMCA about whether um, these provisions will directly on you know as they are sold on the surface help workers or if they will just drive jobs to other places that you know uh, if costs go up let's say for the auto industry here um, could we see the cost of cars which has stayed relatively flat over decades uh, if you adjust for inflation if that starts going up uh, do we start seeing layoffs could this actually be bad for workers what are your thoughts on those provisions it's one of the reasons I think people have some concern and challenge the notion that in every way USMCA is an improvement over NAFTA. We built in certain quote-unquote protections uh, to manage, to some extent, the market here. And we'll have to see what you what you raise is a legitimate question. It's, you know, I share those concerns. It's a possibility rather than uh, it's not inevitable. But that's the sort of, it's something that we've just got to keep an eye on. And we may need to adjust this down the road because this could be an unintended consequence it's of trying to build in protections for, for workers who actually drive business elsewhere. I'm curious what you think of this uh, strategy under the current administration of launching trade wars, uh, especially what the trade war in China specifically might mean for the auto industry that's so important here in Michigan. Well, I'm not a big fan of uh, trade wars, particularly when the reasons they're launched are to simply even out trade imbalances. There, there's nothing per se wrong about running a trade deficit. The trade policy with China, as best I can tell, is expensive. We're taxing American consumers with the tariffs. We're then increasing the cost to American taxpayers even more when we provide payments to, to farmers. In the meantime, China is not changing its fundamental trade practices, whether it's government subsidies, the theft of technology. So uh, I'll be honest with you, I, I, my enthusiasm for our policy in the trade front towards China is extremely limited. And I don't think this, quote unquote, phase one deal will make much of a difference uh, at all. By the way, U.S. trade imbalances have actually or deficits have actually grown during the, the, the Trump presidency. And we, we haven't addressed some of the legitimate concerns uh, about what China is doing, and I'm not real confident we'll be able to address them adequately down the road. Mm. We only have about a minute left, but I want to get your thoughts before you go about the state of foreign service in the U.S., especially mm -hmm. after the uh, way that um, the impeachment hearings went down. Uh, there have been a lot of questions about the way the White House is treating people in the foreign service. Sure. Uh, what are your thoughts mm -hmm. on that? There's real legitimate grounds for concern, whether it's in the intelligence community, the foreign service. Essentially, professional, independent advice does not seem to be valued. Often it's not, it's not welcome if what it says is seen as uh, politically inconvenient for the administration. Recruitment is, uh, is down. Lots of experienced people have left. So I would think that one of the tasks, whether it's in a year or five years or at some point, is going to be to rebuild the foreign service, which is essential for the diplomatic instrument of American foreign policy and national security. Richard Haas, really appreciate you taking the time to join us here on Detroit Today. Thanks, Jake. Appreciate it. And you can catch Richard Haas tonight from 6 to 7.30 in the Community Arts Auditorium at Wayne State's campus. 
Come back tomorrow when we're going to hear from two members of Michigan's congressional delegation, one who supports the new USMCA trade deal and one who has been very critical of it. Representatives Debbie Dingell and Andy Levin will both join the program and we'll take your calls and comments. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station. Your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.